Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Every now and again, we wish we could have a fresh start. Maybe you failed. Maybe you've made a mistake. You did something that you regret. You're disappointed in yourself. Maybe your marriage failed. Maybe your finances have failed. A business failed. Maybe you went into a job or a career. didn't work out. You left behind hurt relationships. You wish you could start again. Well, I've got good news for you. God is the God of the new start. In fact, built into all of creation is the principle of a fresh start. Did you know that every, roughly every 27 days, your skin renews itself? Isn't that amazing? In fact, every day we go to sleep at night so that we can wake up and have a fresh start each new day. The scripture says that his mercies are new every morning. So God has allowed us to have a fresh start. In fact, in the seasons, there's spring, summer, autumn, winter. When you're going through a winter and everything's dying, thank God there's a spring again. There's a new start. The principle of the fresh start is a principle of God and it's woven throughout creation. Even in the technology that we're designing today, if you have a cell phone or an iPad or a tablet or whatever, or a computer, you can press the reset button and everything goes back and there's a fresh start. I was reading a book by the author Doug Richmond and the book is called How to Disappear Completely and Never Be Found. Some people wish they could do that. And he talks about having a fresh start and he, he says in the book, uh, it gives you, in, in fact, in the book, he gives you instructions, and he says you can, you can commit pseudocide. The definition of pseudocide is you can fake your own death, and you can start again, unencumbered by the disappointments of the past. Apparently, according to the book, many people wish they could literally die and start again. How many know that in Christ, we can do that? We can be born again. And if you're born again, you can be born again again. You can have a fresh start every day, and you can have a fresh start at the beginning of a year. There's an associate professor, a young lady. Uh, she's under 40. Her name is Catherine Milkman. She's the associate pre- professor at the University of Pennsylvania, also at uh, the uh, Pillman School of Medicine, and she's named one of the world's top 40 business school professors under the age of 40 years old by poets and quants. So a very informed person. And uh, she writes extensively about factors that we experience when we make wrong decisions and we fail and how we start again. And she has written about what's called the fresh start effect. She says a fresh start effect is what you experience on a Monday when you start a new week. You get up and the week's ahead of you and there's like a new euphoria that you experience. And she says if you could take that Monday feeling, that fresh start effect, and live every day of your life with it, you would be much more successful and you'd be able to put the past behind you and you can have a fresh start every day, not just at the beginning of a year. How many of you know the ideal time to have a fresh start is at the beginning of a new year? I wanna speak to you this morning in part one of making a fresh start. Because I believe God wants you to make a fresh start and for this year to be the best year of your life. Fresh starts are a Bible theme. We see Noah in the book of Genesis being given a fresh start. God wiped the slate clean, took eight people, the number of new beginnings, and he made a fresh start. 
in the New Testament, Paul writing to us tells us that we can also make a fresh start. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have disappeared, and look, all things have become new. Notice, old things and all things. How many of you know it's time to put aside old things and for all things in your life, every area, to have a fresh start? Can you say amen? Emotionally, physically, relationally, financially, socially, spiritually, we need to make a new start. The New Living Translation says the old life is gone, a new life has begun. The God of new beginnings wants you to have a new start. It's in nature, it's in scripture, it's in the very fabric of our lives. And when we read scripture, we find many examples of people who made fresh starts. I want us to look at the life of Moses. In a moment, we'll read a long passage of scripture, but let me give you some background to Moses so that we can understand the context of his life. Moses was a new start baby. He was saved out of the bulrushes, and God had a plan to start a new nation under Moses. So he's rescued, he's given a new start in Pharaoh's house. The Bible says that his mother put him in a basket in the reeds. The word there in the Hebrew, teba, T-E-B-A-H, is the same word that's used of Noah and the ark. So here he was rescued from all those who were, who were drowning, as it were, babies who were drowning, and he was given a new start. He's a new start baby, and God wants to raise him up and use him to lead a new nation. His parents, incidentally, were Levites. His mother and father from the tribe of Levi. God had planned that this boy would be from the tribe of Levi, and he would lead God's people into the wilderness and would start a new worship and a tabernacle and the tribe of Levi. So God had lots of plans for Moses. He grows up in Pharaoh's house. He's educated. And when he's a young man, he starts to feel the stirrings of leadership in him. He believes he's got a career in leadership. He believes God's gonna use him. So he steps out, he sees an Egyptian beating an Israelite, he steps in and he kills the Egyptian. He exercises leadership. Later on, he sees two Israelites arguing and he goes to sort it out. And they say to him, who made you judge and ruler over us? Are you gonna do to us what you did to the Egyptian? And the Bible says in Exodus 2 that he fled. He turned his back on all his potential, on his opportunities, and he went and lived in the land of Midian. After being groomed for 40 years as an Egyptian, the scripture says he even looked like an Egyptian when he went there. This man who goes and lives in a small place, he starts to herd sheep. And because he's discouraged, he's rejected, he's disappointed, it didn't turn out, his career didn't turn out the way he expected, he now resorts to living a small life. The Bible says in the King James that he lived in the backside of the desert. How many of you know God is not intended for anyone to live in the backside of anywhere? And if you grew up in the backside of some place, it's time you move to the front side. Because God's the God that calls us out of the back into the front. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you to be in front, not behind. And God had plans for Moses, but Moses was disappointed. He was rejected. He ended up at the well at Midian, and uh, he sits down there. There's some girls, seven girls are there, and some unscrupulous shepherds come along, the businessmen of the day, and they try and chase the girls away, and he steps in. His leadership gift again. He steps in, and he drives them away. And the man has tremendous leadership potential, but he's reduced it to some small little place. Maybe that's you today. You've stepped out, you've done something, but then it's all gone sour, and you've let your life live in a small place with small people. 
You know, I find that people who don't socialize, and they've got lots of animals, it's a sign they've been hurt. That's what happened to Moses. He left the call to people to spend time with sheep. Because sheep are easier to control than people. Some of you, that's a word for you. God's calling you to lead people. I know people, that's where all the problems come from. No, you can't trust people. eh? People will hurt you. People are the only thing that's going to be eternal. And God calls him out. And here he is at the well. And so the girls go home and they tell dad, dad, we checked, we met this guy. And uh, probably said he's good looking. And he drove away the shepherds. And he let us water our flocks. And the father-in-law recognizes, man, this is a good son-in-law. He says, well, why didn't you bring him home? You should have invited him to eat. And ends up, they invite him to eat. He marries one of the daughters, Zipporah, and he has a child called Gershom. Gershom is born, and the name Gershom means alien. So Moses is in an alien place. He feels cut off. He feels he's in the backside of the desert. God has all this potential for him, wants to use him as a great leader, but Moses settles for a completely different life in a small place, And God now comes to him in the book of Exodus and we see God calling him to a fresh start. Are you with me? And so when you read about the burning bush, which we can read in a moment, 40 years in Egypt being groomed for leadership, 40 years in the desert, that's what can happen to you. You can end up in a place stuck where you need to be reset. And God's got to come and call him because God's got a new start. I want to say to you today, no matter how long you've been stuck in a certain place, you need to make a fresh start and you can make a fresh start. So let's read this text and see what we can learn from it because many people have given up and are disappointed and have settled for less. Exodus chapter three and verse one. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The words far side there in the King James say backside. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Why don't you circle the word bush? Because many people wonder what the bush is. Every time you read the Old Testament, the new is hidden in the old, and the old is revealed in the new. The bush is a picture of the church. Did you know that the church is just an ordinary bush? It doesn't bear any fruit. It's just very ordinary, but with the presence of God in it, it becomes a vehicle for God to speak. The glory of the Holy Spirit rests on the church. That's why we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And out of this ordinariness, God speaks to Moses. It says, Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. So there's a curiosity. Notice, God will only speak to you when you begin to show a curiosity. Don't come to church with, oh, he's singing the same songs again. I'm just gonna sit, my legs are sore, my arthritis is, man, look at my veins. How many of you know you're not not gonna get a revelation from this bush? You need to come here with a, speak, Lord. Come on. And as he goes over, now God speaks. So curiosity is essential if you want your life changed. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. In other words, I've been dealing with society. I'm not this weird God. I've been busy with your forefathers. And he says, at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. I mean, he's had this amazing revelation. 
The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. Notice God sees everything. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So God saw the misery of them in slavery. He heard their cries, and he was concerned, pretty much like during the era of apartheid, God saw. How many you know God was concerned? God heard the cry of the unjust nature but notice how God solves the problems of slavery, how God solved the problems of apartheid. He uses people. He says, so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and all the other parasites. <laughs> You're paying attention. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. How many of you know God sees the financial, social, emotional, spiritual, sexual problems of our society? And guess what? He wants you and I to make a new start so that we can solve them. God doesn't operate from heaven. He operates on earth through people. Are you with me? And so it's essential that you make a new start because God needs you. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I've got issues. I watch Game of Thrones. I watch programs on TV I shouldn't. Lord, I eat far too much. I spend money. I skipped tithes two months ago. No one knows, but I did. And God says, I don't care what your issues are and how you failed. I've got a whole nation that needs you to make a fresh start. Stop looking at who you are. Start looking at who I am. He says in verse 12, and God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. How many of God wants people to worship him? He doesn't just want to bless us. He wants us to worship him. Moses said to God, suppose. Underline the word suppose, because many of us have got supposes, eh? I'd like to step out and buy a house, but suppose I can't pay it. I'd like to get a new car like the lady on the screen, but suppose I lose my job. We've all got supposes, but we mustn't live in our supposes. Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am basically means I'm everything. I am that I am, I have always been, I always will be, and I've got everything you need. That's what God's saying. I'm complete in myself. I'm God Almighty. Verse 15, God also said to Moses, now notice this, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I've watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt, and I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey, or milk and money. How many of you know God didn't just want to rescue them and put them in some corner of the desert? He wanted to bless them exceedingly abundantly above. 
Stop letting people tell you that as a Christian, you shouldn't be focused on an improved life. God wants you to improve socially, emotionally, and financially, and spiritually. Not just in one area. The word sozo means salvation in totality. It's not just your soul saved, your whole life is saved. Anytime God, God got hold of people in the Old Testament, their lives always went out and up. And so the Lord here wants to save and bless his people, but he needs Moses to make a new start. Because when Moses makes a new start, then everything will take place. Five things we can learn from the story of Moses that we can apply to ourselves that we must pay attention to this morning. Number one, when we make a fresh start, we need to understand something. A new start is always for the benefit of others. When Moses was saved out of the waters of the Nile, when God came to him and gave him a new start, it wasn't just for Moses' sake, it was for the benefit of others. God wanted an individual to make a new start so that a nation could make a new start. How many of you know when you make a new start, the people around you are inspired? The people around you are motivated. You can make South Africa a new place, but it starts with the individual. Before there's national new starts, there has to be individual new starts. Imagine if I came to you this morning and said, church, it's been a tough year. We built a building, we went through some personal challenges. And you know, I've come to the place where I just wanna go to the back, down to Amarnas there, it's a little cottage. I wanna watch the whales with Pastor Vilma. And someone else can run that. You know, I've done so much church. And maybe now and again, I'll pop in on a little church down there. But I'm just going to sit on the balcony, read the paper, watch the whales. You'll be like, what? Because your inspiration is dependent on your leaders stepping into fresh things, new things. You're asking yourself already this year, I wonder what our church is going to be doing. Individual fresh starts lead to national fresh starts. Individual fresh starts lead to family fresh starts. When a father or a mother decides this is the year we're going to do this and thus, and we're not doing that anymore, the whole family arises. For South Africa to change, you and I need to make a fresh start. And God came to Moses not just for Moses' sake, but for the sake of the nation. It is imperative this morning that you make a fresh start for the sake of South Africa. Can you say amen? It's not dependent on the politics, it's dependent on the promises. We can't worry about being politically correct, we've gotta be biblically correct. It's not the man who's in parliament in power, but it's the man who's on the cross, who has risen from the dead and who is alive. The second thing that I see from the story about fresh starts is a new start only occurs when we experience revelation. You've got to see something and hear something you've never heard before, a supernatural aspect of God. You don't just change by coming to church. You've got to come to church, you've got to experience the bush, but you've got to hear the voice of God. It's no good you come to church late and you expect to get a revelation from this bush. All you're gonna see is a bush. Yeah, I came and there's the same old boss again. Now you need to come and you need to begin to worship and you need to be drawn in, and then out of the worship, and that comes the voice of the Lord, shh. When you see that, you make a fresh start. No one makes a fresh start, just wake up and I'm gonna make a fresh start. Those fresh starts don't last. The ones that last is when you see God, and you hear God, then everything changes. Are you with me? But the challenge is, we stop seeing and hearing God. That's what Moses did. He withdrew, and all he could hear was his own voice. So write this down this morning. The voice of failure is crippling and it highlights several things when you listen to it. 
the voice of failure, when you failed, when you've attempted something like he did, when you've stepped out and you, 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 now you're gonna do it and then it all turns sour, you, that voice, if you keep listening to it, will cripple you and put you in a small place, in the back of the desert somewhere, and you can spend years there. You cannot listen to that voice. You've got to hear the voice of God. But let me show you what happens we see from the text. Number one, the first thing that happens when you listen to the voice of failure is our uncertainty is highlighted. Moses was completely uncertain about himself. He lacked confidence. The scripture says that he asked, what if? And suppose I go to them and I can't go and, and I've never spoken. There's a complete uncertainty about himself. And your confidence is the thing the enemy wants to get. That's why you have to learn how to fall and get up again. Even when you fall publicly, you fail publicly. Can I say to you today, if you have failed publicly and everyone knows about it and everyone's talking about it, if you've messed up in a marriage, a business, you've gone bankrupt, family have had to help you, don't stay on the ground in the backside of the desert. Look to God for revelation and begin to get certain about who God is and what God's got for you Then begin to move forward. You have to do it for the sake of others. The second thing that happens when you listen to the voice of failure is our inability is highlighted. All the things we can't do, I can't speak, Lord, I've never been able to speak, and I can't do this, leave me alone. I've tried before. And the Bible tells us that Moses went to God with all his inability because he'd been listening to the wrong voices. But the scripture says in Acts chapter seven, notice with me, that Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. So what happens? What happens is when you fail and you only hear that voice and you don't get revelation, all you see is that. Your inability, your inadequacy, and that's what you experience in your life. Your uncertainties are highlighted and it's a bad place to be. The third thing that happens when you listen to the voice of failure is our identity. Our identity, the weaknesses in our identity are highlighted. He says, who am I? How can I? But it's not who we are that's important, it's who God is that matters. Isn't that true? You know, I was, I was telling the first service, when I first came to this church many years ago, the congregation basically with one voice asked this question. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Why did they send you here? It wasn't a nice question. Basically, they said to me, could they not find someone in the assemblies of God better than you? Were you all that was left? How many of you know this is a great place to start? You're now about to lead the people into God's blessing and favor. But you know what? I didn't listen to the voice of uncertainty. I didn't listen to the voice of inability. I didn't listen to the voice of my own identity. I listened to the call of God. And I came here from Cape Town and I made a new start. And today people are wondering, wow. But it's God that did it. See, you can look at someone who's uneducated. You can look at someone who doesn't have the qualities. They looked at my kids and they were like, oh, look at them, long hair, skateboards. They come from Fishhook. It's a poor place. Now they come to Santon. <laughs> See, God's not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. And he's looking for anyone willing to make a fresh start. <laughs> now, what we need is a revelation. Watch what happens when we get a, re a revelation. Moses saw the bush, then he heard the voice. Write this down. The voice of God is empowering. Unlike the voice of failure, the voice of God is empowering and it highlights several things. It gives you revelation of three important things. 
So don't listen to the voices in your heart. Don't listen to the voices of your past. Listen to the voice of revelation. First thing it highlights is God's identity. Who God is. I am, he says, all you need. Isn't it interesting that in the New Testament, Jesus seven times uses the phrase, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the good shepherd. He keeps telling us who he is so that we don't have to look at who we are and feel inadequate. He tells us, I'm the door, I'm the bread, I'm the way, I'm the shepherd. Don't worry about who you are, trust me. And you need to get a revelation of that. You'll tackle anything in life. It's that delayed clapping, it's the holiday season. We're kind of like, oh yes, I get it now. The second thing that is highlighted by the voice of God and by revelation is God's ability. I will do this, I will show you, I will be with you, I will give you. God promises the power to do what we need to do. And when we get a revelation, we suddenly see who God is, we see God's ability, Number three, God's certainties are highlighted. Instead of our uncertainties, our lack of confidence, the promises and the certainties of God are highlighted. You cannot just psych yourself up with the certainties of God. You have to have a revelation. You have to get it. Are you with me? And when you get the certainties of God, you can speak with confidence. You speak about faith, you speak about giving, you talk about tithes and offerings in a different way, why? Because you've had a revelation of the certainties. What you sow, you will reap. It's not a scripture to use to get money out of the people, it's a certainty that changes everything you do and gives you the ability to make a new start. And the Lord promises him here, I will be with you and you must hear that voice. Listen to me this morning, don't think that a new start is dependent on a motivational seminar. You don't need the voice of a person, you need to hear the voice of God. If the voice of a person was good enough, Moses' father-in-law would have been good enough. He was a priest of Midian, he was clearly a leader, he gave him information and inspiration in Exodus 18 on how to take the people forward. He could have said to Moses, come on now my boy, I've got seven daughters, I know what life is about, pull yourself together, be a man. But it wasn't enough. Moses needed to see something. He needed to hear something that would change everything. You'll never be able to make a new start until you get a revelation of God. Otherwise, you will live with your uncertainties, you will live with your own identity, and you will see your own inability. Are you with me this morning? Number three, the third thing is this. A new start is possible despite weakness and failure. No matter how deep the weakness and failure in your life, you can make a new start. Moses had spent 40 years in the desert. How I many you know that's a long time? Some of you aren't even 40 years old. Four decades, he'd been entrenched. Some of you this morning, you're saying, man, I know you're talking about a new start, but I know myself. I know, I've been like this a long time. I, man, I've, I've had this problem with alcohol, and I've had this problem with my family, and I'm, our marriage is it's dead, it's sour. Uh, and you keep proclaiming the weakness. I wanna tell you, no matter how long you've been there, you can change. The Bible says that when Moses went there to the well at Midian, the girls said to their father, an Egyptian man helped us. A man who looked like an Egyptian. So 40 years in Egypt had made him look like an Egyptian. 
He had Egyptian characteristics. But now when God comes to him, 40 years, he's a shepherd. All he does is follow sheep. Ma, 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 ma. Moses, I want to make you a leader. No, ma, ma, ma. He's, he's, he's allowed that emotional hurt to trap him in a small place. Today, the people in this building, you've been in that place so long, you, oh, yeah, praise God, yeah, he talks about a new start. It's a good word, eh? But, Despite your failure and weakness, if you get a revelation, you can make a new start. You'd be amazed the potential that's in some of you. You're allowing the devil to keep you in a small place with sheep. It's time you rose up and took your front place. The South, South Africa needs leaders. It needs leadership. It doesn't need people who are just gonna give in. It doesn't need spectators. Oh, look what's happening. It needs people who say, hey, excuse me. God called me. He wants me to proclaim his promises and he wants me to lead you out of slavery. Slavery to politics, slavery to mentality, slavery to racism, slavery to entitlement. He wants me to lead you to make you a new people who will worship and focus on him. Only leadership can do that, not followership. And no matter how deep your emotional wounds, God can heal you. And there are many of you sitting in this building today, you know what you're saying? You're saying to yourself, I'm alive, I know God, and, and, but there's a part of me that's not quite where it should be. I'm here to tell you today that if you're willing to make a fresh start, God will make that part of you healed and alive, and he'll enable you to do things you've never done before if you believe that. Do you believe that you can change? From Egyptian to shepherd to leader. 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. Your life's not over yet. Don't give up, number four. Are you receiving something? A new start is dependent on five spiritual understandings. Five spiritual understandings. Moses has to have these five understandings before he can make a new start, and so do we. Number one is the presence of God. You will not be able to make a new start in your life unless you understand the presence of God in your life. You can't just be a Bible person who reads information. You need the presence of God. That's why we encourage you to come to church early and worship. Don't be people who just get in the gate by your, the skin of your chinny chinch and there the gate closes behind you. Oh, God, inside. Just made it. No, you need to be positioned. Come early, have a coffee. Get, when the worship starts, you I'm in the bush. And suddenly out of the bush during the worship, the voice comes. You start hearing God. By the time the word is preached, man, man, I'm so glad I came here. My whole thinking, shoo. Come on. You'll never be able to make a new start unless you first understand the presence of God. The Holy Spirit must be in your life. Otherwise, you're just a bush. No, you need to be a bush that burns, but is not consumed. Number two, the knowledge of God. Moses began to understand who God really was and what he could do. The presence, then the power. We must know that God is able to change any situation. He's able to rescue and revive. God is greater than who we are and our weaknesses. The presence of God, the knowledge of God. Number three, we need to understand obedience to his will. Moses said no to God. He kept on saying no. God says no, I will do it. Just obey me, I'll be with you. Sometimes we settle for less than God's best because we're disobedient. Know his presence, know who he is, be willing to obey him, Lord, I'll go and I'll do what you tell me. Number four, the abandonment of excuses. Stop making excuses, because it's not about our weakness, it's about his strength. 
And I wanna remind you that God delights in using broken people. God used Moses after he was broken, not when he was strong. Do you realize that? God used Joseph after he was broken, not when he was at his strongest. When he told his brothers, I had the dream, folks, twice, and you guys are gonna bow down to me. How cool is that? God says, mm, can't use him yet. Need to put him in prison for a while. <laughs> Moses rose up and killed the Egyptian. He thought, here's my moment. Let me show them how good I am. I don't take nonsense. Come here, among you. God says, oh, okay, we're gonna put him with some sheep. Ba, 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 40 years, ba, 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 ba. No wonder you couldn't speak anymore. When you, when you spend time with people, all they say is, bah, you can't talk either. You lose your ability to converse. But when he came to the place when he was weak, God says, now I can use you. Stop making excuses. Watch how I use people who think they can't be used. And God delights in using broken people. Notice how God got annoyed when he makes excuses. I wanna remind you, God is annoyed with you when you make excuses. Oh Lord, but, oh Lord, but I keep, stop talking about what you do, focus on me. And thirdly, sorry, fifthly, the fifth thing you need to understand is the contribution I must make. You need to understand the presence, the knowledge of God, obedience, abandon your excuses so that you go God's purpose, you go with God's purpose, and then the contribution I need to make. God needs me to stand up so that he can touch others. You don't live for yourself. You live for the purpose of God. And I wanna tell you, South Africa needs Christians who will stand up and be leaders and take people in God's direction out of slavery to sin, out of negative thinking, out of deserts, out of smallness, into all God's got. Can you say amen? amen? There are huge amounts of poor people in South Africa. How are we going to change it? The Rivers Foundation feeds nearly 20,000 people a week. We have 10 orphanages. However, that's not the only solution. Thinking is what needs to change. And the way you change thinking is by interacting with people at work. When you're with them and you converse with them, you sow seeds of the word into their lives and they begin to get it because they then get a revelation. They then understand who God is. They then see his purpose and power. They stop making excuses about the past and what they've been through and they rise up and they begin to step out. And then the people around them follow them and there's a chain reaction. A fresh start always happens for the benefit of others. Number five, the fifth thing we learned from this passage of scripture this morning, in order to make a fresh start, we need to do what Moses did to make our own new start. People say, well, I don't have a bush. If I had a bush, I would also make a new start. Lord, would you burn in my bedroom so that I can see you too? And I'd be like, I reckon we'd be like, imagine coming to church next week and say, guess what happened on Friday night? I woke up during the night and there on the top of my thing, you know that thing with all the sticks in that gives the perfume, it was burning. So I went over and out of it, the Lord said, hey, guess what kind of response you're gonna get? How many of you know you do have a bush? It's called the church. And out of the midst of the bush, the glory rests on the church even though it's ordinary. Out of the midst of it, Christ the messenger speaks to you and tells you you're standing on holy ground. Take off those shoes you were wearing that are dirty because there's a new walk for you. 
And out of the midst of the bush speaks the messenger, which is your leadership, the voice of God to you. If you can receive that and you can respond to it and you can go God's way, you can make a fresh start. Think of how Moses changed. He, he was in the back of the desert. He was a shepherd. He was living a small life. He felt like he was an alien. God calls him out. God uses his rod. He brings plagues on the land. He challenges one of the greatest powers ever known in the ancient world, Pharaoh. He then leads God's people through the Red Sea. He becomes a lawgiver. He becomes a judge. He becomes one of the greatest leaders ever. When Jesus goes up the Mount of Transfiguration, guess who appears? Moses and Elijah to welcome him to heaven. The Bible says in Revelation that when they sing, they sing the, the song of the Lamb and the song of Moses. Imagine what God could do if you got hold of your life and you were willing to make a fresh start. Let's take action this morning. And let's believe together that God can change our lives. New starts are God's speciality. Do you believe that today? He's the God who specializes in giving new careers. That's what he did for Moses. New relationships, new opportunities, new jobs. Come out of the back of the desert in Jesus' name. Action time. Today I determined to make a fresh start by drawing closer to God's house, God's word, and God's purposes for my life. Today we can make a fresh start, right here, right now. We can put aside the past, we can embrace purpose, and we can believe for an amazing year ahead if we get a revelation of who Jesus is and what God has got for us. Have you been helped this morning? We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.